You know, today I want to share a message that I believe that in, in each of you, there's a dream. There's, a, there's something that God has promised you or something that you feel God wants you to do. And, uh, and I actually want to talk to you about what I believe is the biggest blockers to faith. I know that you're right now in a month of shake it up, let's get some faith. Um, but I want to tell you is that there are, there are blockers. There are things that block uh, faith and I believe block blessing and favour in our lives. And uh, today I want to give you a, a bit of a warning. I want to show you what the plan is from the enemy so that you can actually work against it. And today can be that first step. Amen. Anyone interested in that today? Yeah, sounds good. All right. So, so this morning, I want to talk to you about faith blockers. What are faith blockers? You know, like, uh, you know, you ever been at a uh, train station and you look up uh, either on your app or you're looking at the screen and you see those words that no one likes seeing, those words that say delayed, right? You just hate them, eh? Like, I mean, at least cancelled, at least you know there's some finality, right? You, you know that, oh, well, it's cancelled, I'll have to get the next one. But delayed, I, I, just with my personality, delay is worse than cancelled, okay? Because cancelled, I know it's done, but yet delay is just this hanging thing in motion, like what's happening, what could happen, is it going to delay, is it going to come, is it going to delay, you know, but delaying, you know, like delaying is just one of these things that I just can't handle. Um, you know, the other day I was um, at, at an airport. I sometimes fly two and three times a week across different states to visit various schools. I'm the type of director that when um, I, I, in our organisation, I don't like staying in an office, right? Like for me, office is great, but it's very boring, very short-lived. I just, I've got to get out, right? Um, I like visiting schools. So my staff take it upon themselves. My wife who leads our staff, um, she takes it upon herself to make sure that I am sent out as much as possible. Maybe that's because she doesn't want me around. I'm not sure. Not trying to read between the lines. No, I'm not. It's not like that. Um, Belinda is an amazing wife and I just thank her so much for all that she does. Uh, yeah, give her a hand. Come on. But she will literally, you know, with other staff members, organise me to go and visit schools. And, um, and so I'll, I'll be flying sometimes two and three times uh, a week, just in different states. And uh, one time, um, just recently, Belinda said um, that she was running a bit behind and she said, listen, could you uh, maybe teams in, zoom in and actually meet with the team? You've got time. Because when I turned up to the airport, I'd, I'd actually message them. It's really foggy here and it says delayed. And I'm like, you know, okay, well, I'm not running off to a, a plane. I'll actually, you know, have time to sit down. So I said, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Well, I got so carried away as I normally do. I'm just kind of connecting with my team. How you doing? You know, just going through things, hearing their outcomes. But I didn't realise that with my noise cancelling earphones in, in my ear and my attention being given to my team, I didn't notice that the screens had gone from delayed to now boarding. And I'm going for it. I'm just having a great time, just talking. And I didn't hear them over the, um, you know, the noise cancelling earphones. I didn't hear the announcements. Would all passengers for such and such flight please go to the gates? And then I didn't hear that five, ten minutes later that those announcements went from can all passengers to if there is Mr. McMahon in the airport, if he could please go to gate 12, right? So specific, but I'm still just, hey, how you doing? It's great to see you, blah, blah, blah. Until finally I looked up and I saw 
gates closed. And I'm like, what? What happened? So I start running out there. I talk to the lady at the front of the lounge and I say, listen, I'm going. You know, can you tell the gates? She rung them straight away and as I'm running down. And so all of a sudden I went from being, you know, Mr. Nice Guy to actually the very thing that I despise the most. I became the delay. And I remember that as I walked onto that plane, the plane of shame, as I was walking in the aisle and I'm trying to put my bag into now a completely packed, um, you know, like flight and every eye is on me and they're like, this is the guy we've been waiting for. And we're late because of this guy, not because of the fog, but because of this guy. And I just remember that I thought I felt so small. I was like sitting down, excuse me, sorry, can I please sit down? And they're all looking at me. And then the pilot, you know, God bless him, uh, over, the, over the announcement, now that our last passenger has joined us. I'm like, oh my goodness, can we just rub it in a little bit more? And so I sat down and then finally I got to where I was going and I didn't miss my flight, thank the Lord, um, because I actually had another connecting flight I had to get. And I was like, my goodness, if I miss that, I'm absolutely a goner. Um, And so, but delay, delaying, oh, delays. You know, all the parents out there, give me a wave. Give me a wave, all the parents, right. This is, this is, this one's for you. Um, You know, what's worse than a child disobeying what you've asked them to do? Like not even doing it, right? Because disobedience or disobeying is like a no. It's like, you know, there's finality to it. Now you know what you're dealing with. But what's worse than that? The delay. When you say, can you get dressed? We have school. You go away. You start packing lunches. And then you go back five minutes later and nothing has changed. You know what I'm talking about, don't you, right? The delay. It's worse than disobedience. It's like the height of disobedience is delay. See, in the Bible, there's precedence of this. And and in fact, God does not want us to delay. This is one of the greatest blockers to blessing, blockers to faith, blockers to the will of God for your life than anything else I can know of. The, 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 the delay is actually worse than the disobedience. And I believe it's, it's, it can be worse because delay has a time factor that just keeps ticking over, ticking over, ticking over. I've met believers that have been told by God to do something for four or five you know, decades before and they still have not done what God told them to do. And they're wondering why that faith has not grown, that blessing has not come and that favour hasn't come to their lives because of that delay. I wanna tell you this, is that our God is omnipotent, He's all-powerful, He's all-knowing. But I wanna tell you, friends, that when God speaks, He doesn't need to repeat Himself. And so when He speaks, we need to do what He says. It sounds simple, but sometimes in life, it becomes so difficult and it leads to delays. Are you delaying today? What was the thing that God's asked you to do in your delaying? I, in writing this message, I started to do some self-reflection and I started to ask myself, what are the things that I've been asked to do that I'm not doing or that for some reason I've delayed? And I wanna be honest and, and open with you because don't believe for a moment that the preachers that stand up here are anything different than you, right? We're all the same. 
You know, the reality is, is God has just called us to actually explain our own weaknesses so that our weaknesses can actually help you. Right across the church, even now, no matter where you are, at home or in another service, is that every single one of us, you're hearing something from a preacher because of their weaknesses and it's actually meant to inspire you to not do what they or they've done. Amen. So when I've delayed, friends, it has blocked blessing and favour in my life. And this morning, I'm saying to you, if you want to unlock blessing, you want to unlock favour in your life and dreams that God's put in your hearts, I want to tell you, don't delay. Do what God says. So why do we delay? You know, when I started writing out this message, I started writing down the reasons why I've delayed in the past. And we're going to explore those together, but I'm sure that it's, you're going to be able to relate to it. The context of this is from Exodus 14, verse 15 to 16. You might remember the story. You might have thought straight away with Exodus, you know the context. Well, yes, that's right. It's with the people of Israel escaping Egypt. There's Moses, their leader. And the Bible says here in verse 14, uh, 15, sorry, is uh, the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? In other versions, it says, why are you praying to me? Why are you crying out to me? God says, tell the people to get moving. Turn to the person on your left and say, get moving. Turn to the person on your right and say, don't delay. Don't delay. The Bible goes on to say, tells us the story. God says, get moving. And He says to you know, Moses, pick up your staff and raise it, your hand over the sea, divide the water so that the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. God is wanting us to do what He has asked us to do. God wants you to do what He has asked you to do. He doesn't want you to delay. In fact, His response to your delay is get moving, move. You go, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the next step is. I'm not sure what to do. That doesn't matter. What you need to do is get moving. So why do we delay? Why do you delay? Why do we delay? Well, the first one that I wrote down was because of doubt. Anyone relate to that? Doubt? You know, doubting. But when we really scratch below the surface, you know what we're doing? We're actually doubting God. Ouch. So he's asked us to do something. He knows that you can do it. He's given you the power to do it. He's given you the abilities to do it. Now, you may not believe that, but he believes it because why would he ask you to do something when you're going to fail? He would never do that to you. The Bible says many times where God will never give you things that you cannot withstand or endure. Jesus says, my, what does He say? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's actually saying there is something you have to carry. It's not a walk in the park. It's not a rosy little field of, of you know, just great, unico- you know, whatever, just, you know, enjoying life. You've got you've to endure something. But He's saying that it's, my yoke is easy. My burden's light. So if God's asked us to do to her, do something, why do we doubt? Why do you doubt? 
Well, is it because we have doubt in our own abilities, in ourselves? You know, no one knows you better than yourself. You know who you are when you're not in front of everyone at church or when you're out with your family and friends. You know who you are. But can I also say to you this, is that God knows who you are too. And if God still calls you, that person in the darkness, that person in the private, if God still calls that person, how much more should we believe? That we just say, God, I believe you're in control. I believe that you have a plan and purpose for my life. We should not doubt ourselves. We should instead believe what God has said. We shouldn't doubt God's ability to work through us and in us. I want to tell you today that this is the first key that I've found that blocks faith in my life. No one here wants faith to be blocked, blessing to be blocked. And the first one that makes me delay is doubt. In James 1, verse 6 to 8, the Bible says this, is when, but when you ask Him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Not in anything else, not your job, not your family, not your friends, not the economy, not what the media says, not what the Prime Minister says, but in God alone. Can we say that together? In God alone. Alone. Can we say it at home as well? Everyone together. In God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Ouch, man. So if we start to doubt, if we start to, you know, waver in our faith, what James is actually saying to us, he's saying people like that should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything they do. Wow. Okay, God, I don't want to doubt. Instead of doubting, I'm going to do. I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. Amen? I want to keep doing what God, even in the small things, God, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. I may not know what the next steps are, just like the people of Israel, they were told to cross the water, just go up to the water and cross it. Now, did they know how it was going to be done? No. Did God explain how that was going to be done? No. When did he tell him? It was at the very last moment, the very last second where he says to Moses, now here's the keys to opening up the water. Now you've got to get your staff, you've got to raise your hand and then you're going to declare the waters to be open. But up until that moment, they had no idea, just head towards the water. We've got to stop doubting in God and stop doubting in the gifts and the abilities and the talents that God has put in you. What's another way? What's another thing that makes us delayed? I'll tell you what it is, I'll be honest with you, it's fear. Fear makes me delay. What does, does it make you delay? It makes me delay. Fear, the fear of the unknown. Like I don't know what the steps are. I'm not sure what, what God wants me to do. I haven't got it all planned out. Or is it the fear of failure for you? I know for me, the fear of failure is very real. The fear of failure. See, fear 
can control us, can control our thoughts, can control our actions. It can, it, it, if we give it the power, it controls every aspect of our life. In Matthew 6 and verse 31, I want to read this to you. In Matthew 6, 31, Jesus says this. He says, so don't worry about these things. So things, everything. What will I eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? I mean, this is, this is today's society, right? Nothing's changed for 2,000 plus years. They were worried about it then and Jesus was saying, stop worrying about this stuff. Stop fearing what people are fearing. You're not gonna be like them. You're different to them. All these things, the Bible says, dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Wow. Does that, does that not just hit you know, right in the heart? It hits me in the heart. Right across all the locations, I'm telling you, it literally hits me in the heart. I go, God, I don't want to think like that. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to talk like that, act like, I don't want to have that attitude. I am not going to concern myself of the things of this world. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Isn't that amazing that God already knows what you need? Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't it amazing that God already knows what you need? And and this is the amazing thing about faith. The amazing thing about being a believer is that God says, I know what you need. So what I want you to do is to focus on one thing. Seek the Kingdom of God above all else. I just want you to worry about the Kingdom of God and live righteously. And the Bible says that He'll give you everything you need. Amen. That's enough for today. Let's go. We'll conclude right there. Hallelujah. You know, see, we don't need to doubt what God has called us to do. We don't need to fear, you know, that we're going to fail or that we don't, or, or of the unknown. We don't have to delay because of fear and doubt anymore. But because Jesus says, I already know what you need. I already know what I have in store for you. All you've got to do is just keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Forward. Just keep moving. That's what God wants you to do. Amen? Amen. The third point that made me delay in my life with things in my life was the wrong influences. Wrong influences. Now, this is not just, you know, media, TV, what you watch, what you read. We're talking about all aspects of influence. This is also your friends, your family. This is your co-workers. This is everything. Um, you, you, you allow the wrong influences. This is social media. This is all of these things. We allow the wrong influences into our minds. And I want to I tell you that this creates delay. The wrong influences can actually have a very detrimental effect on your walk and your faith in God. Let me show you. In Psalm 1, verse 1 through to 3, we're going to look at this together and I want you to notice something. In Psalm 1, the Bible says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on His law day and night. I want you to notice something. Go back to verse 1. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step 
with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Do you notice that there is a gradual slowing? That they go from walking to standing, so you've stopped, and then you go to a complete stop and you actually become stagnant and stale and you sit. This is what the wrong influences do to your life. They get you to first walk this way. Don't walk the way Jesus wants you to walk. Oh no, you, you don't need to go to church. You don't need to fellowship with believers. Oh no, you don't have to tithe. Oh, you can come and spend all your money at the shops. Oh no, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. So they get you to change your direction just slightly. We, I was a youth pastor and uh, I mean, you know, some of the things that I did as a, as a youth pastor, my goodness, the games we would play with, you know, with young people, they loved it. I mean, they just kept coming. I mean, I took over a youth group of about 15 kids and in a couple of years, it was a couple of hundred. I think one of our biggest nights was almost 800 students. It was huge. Um, and, and I'm telling you, we did it because we, we spoke the truth, we brought the gospel, but we also had a lot of fun. And uh, these days, I know you can't do the games that we used to play, but there was a game called Garbo. Oh, I love that game. That game was a game that just, you know, created, you know, just, you know, just legends in our youth group. But what it was is you go, well, what's the game? Well, it was really quite simple. What we do is we put down masking tape on the ground in, in, and we'd make some lanes, usually four, four lanes. Two of them would have arrows pointing this way. Then the next one would have arrows pointing this way. Then the next one and so on. You get the picture, right? And what we'd do is we'd put garbos garbage bins over the top of kids' heads with stack hats, of course, and they would actually run in the lane because you can't see because you've got a garbage bin over the top of you. You kind of just look down, right? Because you see, oh yeah, I'm in the right, I'm going in the right direction, right? And so we wanted to spice the game up a little bit. And so what we did is we hung bags from uh, bags with, um, we shredded um, phone books in them. I had a guy that was just shredding them for days, just shredding phone books. You know, you remember back in, all the young ones are going, what's a phone book? Um, yeah, that's in your iPhone, that's digital, okay? Um, back in the day when you used to have to go to a phone book and look up M, oh, MC, oh, yeah, that's right, and that's right, he lives in Penrith, MC, oh, there's Darren's, um, you know, number, right, you know, so that was back in the, you remember that, anyone else remember that, you know, like, yeah, look at that, so I had this guy shredding these, because no one wanted these phone books anymore, so I said, mate, just sit there and shred them, and he's like, what are you going to do, don't ask, you know, you don't want to know yet, and so what we did is made these big bags that hung from the roof, and they just swung, now, the aim of these bags were not to knock an unwilling uh, or unknowing um, participant. Of course they were willing. They put the bin on their head. They wanted to do it. Um, and, and so, you know, it wasn't to knock them off their feet. It was just to nudge them just slightly off course. And as you can imagine, the ensuing madness and it was so much fun and hundreds of kids just screaming and it was just great when they'd see their friend just nudged from this lane into the other lane. And now because they don't know where they are, they're disorientated. They're still running at breakneck speed and they would literally run because of the garbage bins into each other. And then they would spill in, you know, all on the ground and we're like, yeah, this is amazing. Come to church. It's going to be awesome. See, like that game, Garbo, wrong influences are just like that. 
is they say, no, 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 you don't have to do it that way. You don't have to go that way. You don't have to go that way. You just keep, you know, keep, keep moving. Keep moving. Do what Dazza says. Keep moving. But come this way. Come this way. Come this way. Oh, let's slow down. Oh, you know, you're, just, you're just moving too fast, man. Just take it easy. Now, let's just stand for a little while. Let's just, you know, stop. You know, just think about some stuff. Let's get real deep. And then, oh, while we're at it, why don't we just sit? Why don't we just sit and just uh, not go anywhere? That's what wrong influences do. And it creates delays. And I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit is speaking to your hearts even this morning. And he's saying to you, the very thing that I've asked you to do, maybe it was five minutes ago. Maybe it was five hours ago. Maybe it was five months. Maybe it was five years ago that God asked you to do something. And you've been wondering why there's, been, there's this blockage in your life. And you're wondering why there isn't the favour and the blessing back from when you were listening to God and doing what He told you to do. And you're wondering what's going on. Friend, I'm here to tell you today so that the, maybe the shackles can come off your faith is that all of a sudden you can start to realise I've got to return back to the very thing that God told me to do. I've got to obey. I've got to do. I've got to keep moving forward. And that's what unlocks blessing in your life. See, delaying. I believe smothers faith. I believe delaying clouds your perspective and delaying stops the blessing of God in your life. And today, all you've got to do is make that choice to say, I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep believing God for the new thing in my life. But at first, I'm going to do what the people of Israel did is I'm going to do what God told me to do. In John 3.16, the Bible says this. Jesus declares, He says that God loved the world so much. See, this is what I want you to hear today. I don't want you to hear for a second that God is somehow angry with you. He's not. You know what? If you've delayed, if you've doubted, like me, and you've had fear, and you've allowed the wrong influences into your life. You know what's awesome about God? Is that today, if you choose to change and start to stop doubting God, but to believe Him, to stop fearing, but to take a step of faith, to stop allowing the wrong influences in your life, but to start to surround yourself with the right influences, get to a connect group, come to church, get around people of faith, I want to tell you that it's almost like that. Is that God goes, great, now we can unlock blessing and favour on that person's life. It just takes a choice. Believers, Christians, I'm talking to you. That if you've been delaying, if you've been doubting, if you've been all bound up with fear, I want to tell you, friend, today, it's a simple choice for you. For you to say, you know, I'm not going to doubt no more. I'm going to stir up the faith that's in my heart. And I'm going to believe that God is not angry with me, but He's happy with me. He loves me. He's got a plan and purpose for my life. Amen. Jesus declares it. He says that God loved the world, you, so much that He sent Jesus. He sent Him. He sent Him to die on the cross. We, we celebrate it every Easter. And we exchange Easter eggs. I don't even know what... What's going on there? Maybe that's meant to be new life. Or Anyway, I like the chocolates. It's good. But we celebrate it. And 
And hopefully we keep the real meaning of it. So Easter, it's about the price that Jesus paid. He paid the price for you and for me. He paid the price for those who don't know Him to be saved. But He also paid the price for you as believers to live the life of victory, the life of blessing, the life of favour. You don't have to be bound by doubt anymore. You don't have to be bound by fear anymore. You don't have to be captive to the wrong influences anymore. You can be set free immediately. Amen. Amen. You can be set free.